3 o'clock. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Uh, before I even get started today, I want to ask listeners, uh, well, there's one particular listener that I want to ask. Uh, I want you to send me your address. You sent me a book, marvelous book, about the parents of Mary Shelley. That would be Mary Wollstonecraft and William Godwin. You know, uh, late 18th century radicals in, uh, in England and in France. Anyway, uh, I love this book. I've read about half of it already and I just, uh, realized that I haven't got your address. Somehow I tossed the envelope and I wanted to write you a thank you letter. Uh, it's, I forget the title, it's something like uh, A Remarkable Pair, something like that. Anyway, it's Mary Wollstonecraft and William Godwin. And uh, you were right, it's exactly the kind of book that I love to read. Uh, oh, there's another book I was reading at the same time all about um, Mary Wollstonecraft. It's called Vindication. Uh, a modern writer decided to turn Mary into a novel. Uh, more and more. One of these days, I'm going to write me a uh, play. Another play about the Brontes. Hush, hush with the drivel. Let's see. What have I got here today? I did write something down here about... Yes, uh, it is August the 18th, 2015. And first of all, we have the sad duty to say goodbye to... Uh, a singularly subtle soul, the progressive community, has lost a warrior. Julian Bond was committed to social justice. All his life, uh, it lasted from the dramatic years in the late 60s, early 70s. He was the perfect gentleman at the heart of SNCC, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, uh, uh, later, his tenure as leader of the NAACP, I, I realized then that he was what we called a gentle persuader. It wasn't, uh, his conviction was there, but always uh, he tried to connect, you know, uh, he, he helped other people to understand that their best interests lay with a future free from exploitation, sexploitation, you know, committed to the values that they themselves believed in. 
We're all Americans here. He never argued or condemned. Uh, you know, it's a question of it's a question of attitude, people. <laughs> he had the the uh, charming persona of a TV commentator, the kind of person who can lead an adversary to speak the truth, uh, even their own truth. Uh, Bill Moyers has long been the model for that uh, role, but Bill Moyers is so self-effacing, it's sometimes hard to bear with his open-mindedness. Now, Julian Bond had the the style, the the charisma, first of all, of a thinker, a scholar, but uh, someone who is always determined. Uh, his uh, objectivity was uh, easy to read. He had that historical imperative. Uh, you just knew he was the man, uh, the kind of American that so many people dreamed of when I was young, uh, <laughs> the new, the new American. Anyway, we know we cannot go back and that uh, he is the sort of human being who will carry us forward. I, uh, I was disappointed actually when Julian Bond lost a congressional election a long time ago, but I have since come to think that Congress may not always be the best place for um, people with star quality. Now, that sounds pretentious, that word, star quality. Uh, no, that sounds phony. Yes, phony. He's not a movie star. Uh, he did look like one, of course, and I hope that he could use this attractiveness to promote civil rights. Uh, I mean, if you're going to speak truth to power, it never hurts to, to look handsome while you're doing it. Most of all, it was his amazing manner. is the sort of quiet, gentle concern. Uh, he made me think of a college advisor I once had, the kind of, the kind of person who, who really wants to help you and doesn't want to hurt you while he's doing it. Now, that style, that manner is almost lost these days when everything turns into a shouting match. Uh, the kind of gentle activist or uh, the gentleman in politics, it's harder every day to find them. I think Newt Gingrich is the one I blame for the, the, great, the great U-turn, I think always of Jimmy Carter. Back in the day, how he worked tirelessly. Jimmy Carter's 90 years old now. Never lost his temper in public. Back in the mid-20th century, uh, gentlemen uh, didn't have to throw, uh, well, S, pardon me, S. They didn't have to throw S into the fan to get some attention. Hopefully, now, crude behavior is becoming a turn-off once again. There's a limit to what you can do with that sort of nonsense. Uh, Donald Trump is this season's comic relief. Or maybe he's a grim reminder that reactionary cliches still get attention, get that uh, response from the public, the uh, 
You know how pugnacious talk, that Archie Bunker, ignorant, wisecrack stuff, uh, mean-spirited sneers. Uh, you remember Ronald Reagan's famous line, uh, You've seen one redwood tree, you've seen them all. Classy, boy, that was classy. Tough talk has always worked. Uh, you know, there's certain kind of people just, they just respond to, uh, Oh, we called it the strong man, the thug. Uh, it's a minority, I hope. Those are the one-idea men. Uh, when I studied propaganda, they told us that shorter is better. Three syllables works best. Just say no. Oh, my absolute favorite. Guts, guns, and God. <laughs> I used to... I used to use uh, Kill a Welfare Mother for Jesus, but uh, uh, that's a little too snotty. Anyway, I was looking at Rosalind Carter's autobiography last night. Uh, there's some bad news about Jimmy Carter, and I read her uh, autobiography back in the days when they were in the White House, and she writes that the press... And media was only interested in what, what they called sexy stuff, not, not her work with the mentally ill. She said that there was so little sexy stuff, uh, during their administration, uh, that the press jumped on an issue like, uh, no liquor in the White House. Uh, in First Lady from Plains, that's her autobiography, she writes that of course, of course they served wine with meals, although she did add, that President Carter felt that people visiting the White House uh, had better things to do than to get drunk. Point taken, of course. Everyone remembers Playboy magazine eventually getting Carter to do an interview. That was the one where he confessed that, like so many of us, he had lusted in his heart. In her book, Rosalind writes, uh, <laughs> Jimmy talks too much. I don't like sad news, even when it's inevitable, but Jimmy Carter has been diagnosed with uh, cancer. It's not good news. No more about all that. No more until the time is right. Uh, life goes on, right? Those of us who live uh, here in Berkeley were very close to the epicenter of that earthquake yesterday. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> 4.0. 6.50 snapped up, set up, and I thought a bomb had gone off. Uh, the kids over in San Francisco, they were just getting ready to start their first day of school. How about that? Fall semester. I thought of the... The very littlest child going off to kindergarten. What a new experience. Maybe just like that earthquake. Would you let your child uh, stay at home, you know, just that first day? Or should she man up and uh, carpe diem, seize the day, frankly? Uh, the time has come now when parents should have the wisdom to to know their child, you know, how their child deals with this stuff. Uh, should she hide or run away? Uh, of course, if you 
describe it that way. Well, uh, <laughs> how about asking a child how she feels? The New Age wisdom is all about that kind of thing. Uh, emotional intelligence, they call it. Uh, trying to avoid telling your child how to feel. Uh, of course... Sometimes kids don't really know how they feel. Uh, I guess, I guess it's your job if you're a parent to kind of intuit. Uh, anyway, I have no solution for that stuff. Uh, meet the challenge. I hate that word. Challenge usually means a problem. Problem means something to be solved. Now, if a child is scared or concerned, even if she's older and knows all about earthquakes. I don't see any reason why she shouldn't hang out at home, at least till it's noon. Some kids, uh, some kids get upset about <laughs> nature. I'm guessing that most kids wouldn't miss the first day of school, not for hell or high water, speaking of which... Yes, not high water, high water, water. China, China, China. Uh, Tengon, how do you, let's see, it's spelled T-E-N. I spell it T-E-N-G-I-O-N. That's where that terrible tragedy, uh, technological terrorism, those firefighters tried to use water on those chemicals when the explosion, the fire started. Uh Oh, preparation, readiness. The readiness is all, boys. This carnage by technology. Uh, sometimes it seems it's going to surpass carnage by criminal slaughter. <laughs> how many, how many horsemen of the apocalypse? Yes, uh, you prefer the, the bug or the bomb? Uh, a lot of us call toxic terrorism an accident. I don't think that's quite the right word. Uh, it's usually used by those folks who are responsible for these industrial catastrophes. Uh, all I hear on mass media is, who should get the blame? Who should be punished? How do we go get the criminal, uh, the victims, of course? Our uh, footnote, they can take care of themselves. We know uh, how that works. First, there's the rush to help the families of the dead and uh, help the injured. And then all that uh, melts away and the money peters out and there's no provision for new jobs or <laughs> say nothing of no families, the, the ruined lives in China follow so many other disasters and tragic failures. Uh, my, my mind just boggles. I, I can't keep track anymore. Here in Berkeley, when the earthquake hit this morning, a pal called me on the phone and she asked me, how could I pay any attention to a 4.0 earthquake when the world is in such pain and she gave me the list uh she talked about the fires up north i think it's northeast once again the burning of california is a 
<laughs> kind of a yearly annual event, uh, always an ongoing concern. She talked about that kind of yellow fog or smog. I can see it from my back balcony over uh, there at the Harriet Tubman Terrace uh, here in Berkeley next to the Berkeley Bowl. I'm up on the third floor. Uh, I, I tried to explain to her in my superior uh, tone of voice that she should know that the Native Americans set fires during the right seasons, you know, just to clear the undergrowth. Of course, they knew when to do it and how to do it. Anyway, I got her talking about uh, the fires and uh, the problems here, uh, where we can do something about it, you know, where we're on the ground. Uh, finally, uh, so she let up on that and she went global. She talked about the bombing in Kiev, uh, down and up in the Ukraine, and she said that we got to understand Russia and Putin, and uh, he's the new czar over there in Moscow, she says. Talk, talk, talk. She uh, reminded me that we need Bill Mandel to explain it all. Long-time listeners of KPFA. Uh, well, you guys remember Bill Mandel. He was our scholar, our expert on the uh, once, once was Soviet Socialist Republic. She says that uh, our network media is useless. None of it makes any sense. Uh, so I said, well, just watch the BBC or Al Jazeera or listen to KPFA or the other public radio station uh, I think the truth is she seems to kind of enjoy the idiots uh, on Fox and stations like that. <laughs> it gets her going. Uh, she says, we must know what those bad guys think. Uh, and I said, no, they don't think. Uh, I think that's our job. Uh, <laughs> Later, I decided that I think I'll stop answering my telephone. I'd rather communicate with my cat. My cat doesn't know or care what's going on outside her little world. Were we humans like that once? Not quite, but maybe yes. Maybe the world before the Industrial Revolution. I dream of that world where we wrote letters. <laughs> In my lifetime, it was television, television, that really, really boxed the compass. Uh, the Internet, of course, is a global brain um, Worldwide consciousness, the information highway. I like to say I'm roadkill on the information highway, but television, television has those images. It seems familial. Uh, last night I looked, I saw the elephants. Uh, <laughs> yes, there's a show about the elephants and the well, all the animals turning on the human beings is called Zoo. Check it out. I, I, uh, uh, it's on the BBC. Um, 
It's not going anywhere at the moment, but the premise is fantastic. Talk about a mother cell. Uh, it's all about uh, corporate poisons, you know. Uh, watching the TV, I got emotional because the elephants were so, so appealing and so charming. And then I heard the word that a hundred elephants a day are going down the ivory, you know. Uh, rhinos, rhino horn. <laughs> it's an aphrodisiac, right? So we come to the mass extinctions. Humans, too, are in the line of fire. Oh, golly, I've done it again. I made a vow this morning that if I should get gloomy, if I get gloomy, I was going to pull out my little funny book. Uh, my funny book is called Archie and Mehitable. Dates from the 1920s, written by a guy who wrote for the Chicago Sun-Times, his great guy, wrote about a cockroach <laughs> who saw things, you know, from the underclass. He was uh, down at the bottom. He had, of course, at one time been incarnated in the body of a poet, but now he has to type out his poems on a old typewriter and he can't use capital letters anyway i'm going to read you one of his poems just to cheer myself up uh, archie writes in his poem the merry flea that's m-e-r-r-y merry as in happy the merry flea hm. archie is the name of the cockroach and he speaks he says the high cost of living isn't so bad if you don't have to pay for it. I met a flea the other day who was grinning all over himself. Why so merry? Why so merry, little Bolshevik? I asked him. I have just come from a swell dog show, he said. I have been lunching off a dog that was worth at least $100 a pound. <laughs> You should be ashamed. You should be ashamed. Uh, I told him, uh, <laughs> ashamed to brag about it. With so many insects and humans on short rations in the world today. Ah, the public be damned, he said. I take my own where I find it. Those are bold words, I told him. I am a bold person, he said, and bold words are fitting for me. It was only last Thursday that I marched bravely into a zoo and bit a lion. What did he do, I asked. He lay there and took it, said the flea. What else could he do? He knew I had his number and it was little use to struggle. Well... Someday, I said to the flea, even you will be conquered, terrible as you are. Hm. Who will do it, he said. The mastodons are all dead, and I am not afraid of any mere elephant. I asked him, how about a microbe? And he turned pale as he thought it over. 
There is always some little thing that is too big for us. Every Goliath has his David and so on ad finitum. <sighs> but what, said the flea, is the terror of the smallest microbe of all? He, I said, is afraid of a vacuum. What is there in a vacuum to make one afraid, said the flea? There is nothing in it, I said, and that is what makes one afraid to contemplate it. A person can't think of a place with nothing at all in it without going nutty, and if he tries to think that nothing is something, after all, he gets nuttier. You are too subtle for me, said the flea. I never took much stock in being scared of uh, hypodermic propositions <laughs> or hypothetical injections. I am going to have dinner off a man-eating tiger. If a vacuum gets me, I will try and send you word before the worst comes to the worst. Some people, I told him, inhabit a vacuum all their lives and never know it. Then he said, it don't hurt them any. No, I said, it don't. But it hurts people who have to associate with them. And with these words, we parted. Each feeling superior to the other. And is not that feeling, after all, one of the great desirata of social Intercourse. <laughs> Signed, Archie. That's it. Short poem from Archie and Mehitable. I always think that the poems in Archie and Mehitable are completely contemporary. Kind of like T.S. Eliot's Cats. <laughs> his, yes, his wonderful cats. Next time I think I will bring T.S. Eliot's book about the cats. Uh, it's kind of interesting, these analogies with the wise animals. Uh, I think it's funny. These days, humans seem to be uh, in the most trouble. And I guess, as the poem says, uh, the animals are better off because they don't know it. They don't know that they are in the line of fire, that there's a mass extinction going on. Uh Ah, oh, the scenes from Syria, the refugees. I watched and watched. Uh, what does Samuel Beckett say? Quote, quote, Samuel Beckett, he says, See, see what kind of tension they get. All these dying of their wounds. I did hear a report saying that people in Turkey have been kinder to the Syrians, uh, kinder than 
the people in Europe, uh, uh, you know, the Syrians are in flight from the war. Is it a war or is it just a massacre? New language is needed. The horrors, the witnessed, you saw the horrors in the Hindu temple in Bangkok, in Thailand. Uh, I had so much to tell you about all these horrors, and I'm so glad I've run out of time. <laughs> so I, I, can, I can either save them or let someone else try to wring their hands and explain why uh, why we should give up and take heart and take joy yes joyful participation in the sorrows of the world some Buddhists said that this has been Jennifer Stone be back on the air next week at the same time till then go easy and if you can't go easy go as easy as you can out of Baltimore took over his brother's drug selling when his brother got killed. He grew up in the game, put himself through Johns Hopkins while dealing. Now D. Watkins is a community college professor with an explosive new book called The Beast Side, Living and Dying While Black in America. It's all about police violence, the prison industrial complex, the collapse of education in the inner city. D. Watkins will be at First Congregational Church in Oakland at 2501 Harrison Street on Tuesday, September 22nd, 7.30 p.m. There's free parking and wheelchair access at this KPFA benefit. I'm Greg Bridges, and I'll be hosting. You can get tickets at brownpapertickets.com or at Marcus Books or other bookstores. Full info is on kpfa.org for Eloquent Brother D. Watkins, September 22nd.